from BYU Broadcasting's Performance Studio, this is Highway 89. I'm Stephen Cap Perry. Singer-songwriter Paul Jacobson is in studio today. He's performed with Sheryl Crow, the Jayhawks, John Hyatt, lots of other, other folks you know, but as cool as that is, we're glad to have him headlining Highway 89 tonight all on his own. He's released two solo albums out, another on the way, five albums with the lower lights, we'll get to that. And it's safe to say that a lot has happened since we last had Paul on the show. Three more kids, including twins, almost moved to Nashville, and the Lower Lights Christmas shows became a local phenomenon. Well, to lots of people, Paul is a phenomenon himself, and you'll hear why tonight. We're going to start with the only song he's ever co-written with a nine-year-old, inspired by a drawing of hers, a drawing of just what you'd think, Two-Headed Heart. I thought I had a heart Lay in the back Beat in my chest I thought I owned That bleeding heart I was sharing it At best Two-headed heart Two people share For so long it's hard To know whose it is and where Sometimes we push away Heaping hurt and fanning fears And it's so easy to forget What it was that brought us here 
Two-headed heart Two people share For so long it's hard To know whose it is and where One day everybody goes And if we're lucky we get a say goodbye And if you leave me here alone Well, what will become of my Two-headed heart Two people share so long it's hard to know whose it is and where two-headed heart two people share for so long it's hard oh, to know whose it is and where Two-Headed Heart, performed live by Paul Jacobson on BYU Radio's live music program, Highway 89. Paul, we've looked around a little bit online. We've done some reading. We came across a lot of blog posts. <laughs> Someone had to read them. I'm glad you did. <laughs> well, you know what we never found on your, your website, pauljacobson.com, S-E-N. The one thing we never found is what got you into music? When did you start? Did you grow up singing, playing it's a good question. Um, I've loved songs from the as long for as long as I can remember. My mom made us take piano, and she had a rule in our family that you could not quit until she could flip open a hymn book to any page she wanted, and you could just sit down and sight read it. Mm. I was the fifth child, though, so she um, she had been worn down quite a bit, <laughs> and I was um, I was the kid that would spend two hours in my room with my guitar and then kick and scream about the piano. So finally she said, look, you can learn any hymn you want and I will let you quit. Cause she was sick of, she was sick of nagging me. So finally I found some hymn, no sharps, no flats, banged it out, never played the piano again. And just all, I was all about the guitar, but from a young age, the Beatles, um, I just, th that kind of music, something about it. I just had this crazy, emotional attachment to it. It made me feel things that I couldn't feel otherwise. And was the songwriting always a part of that? No, not really. It took me a while to, it's a confidence game. Um, it took me a long time to feel like I had anything to say or that it was even worthwhile to try. I was in bands through high school and college and we'd write some songs, but then it, they weren't, they were very rarely part of me. It was just like, here's a song about our gym teacher or whatever, <laughs> which is not productive. And I remember I wrote a song for like the reflections contest about liberty because that was the theme that year. But I don't really count anything I wrote until I, I bought the acoustic guitar that I was just playing. And that was when I decided I was going to do what I'd always wanted to do, which was kind of write these 
I don't know, singer-songwriter, folky-ish songs? Well, let's take the song we just heard, Two-Headed Heart. Such sure. a beautiful song. Thank you, you. You saw this drawing. Yeah. And did, did you feel like, oh, the song just wrote itself? Or was it like, wow, there's the idea, and then you slave over it? Well, both. My boss at the time brought it in. He said, you got to see this. And he showed me the picture, and he said, you got to write a song about this. So it was almost an assignment, even though... Especially even, if it's your boss. Right. Even though his... <laughs> His stewardship was not over my songwriting, thank goodness. <laughs> but he's such a great guy. And I sat on this idea for, I would say, five years. And one day, I had a show here in Provo at Valor. And I had an hour or two to kill. So I went over to a park in Provo. And I sat down, I'm, I'm going to write this song. And I'm going to play it tonight. And so I sat down. Wow. And it just kind of happened. Like these, A few things happened in the song. My, I, I told uh, Jackie, your producer, that my brother uh, died of cancer in 2010. So a lot of these ideas of being sort of um, biologically and emotionally fused to other people's hearts and how we become this sort of collective heart, yeah, if you do it right, yeah. those were kind of going through my head and I'd been away from my wife enough that there's a, little, there's a lot of her in it and a bit of my brother and a bit of just like the way that people that really matter to you become sort of fused to you in a way that is, you know, undeniable. Well, it's beautifully written. It's a, because it's it, it's it's so clear and crisp, and yet we can all put our own layer over it. Oh, we can't help but do that. Thank you. When we hear that, just beautifully done. You. you do do a lot of performing with other people. Yeah, mm -hmm. you, you perform uh, Paul Jacobson and the Madison Arm with your band. Also, another group you've been with, kind of a giant group, is the Lower Lights yes. with a, a slowly changing cast of thousands. Yes, <laughs> that is. Uh, a gigantic collective of people who come and go. There are some, I would say there are a lot of people that have kind of become the pillars of that, but it's really like an open door where we, this person would be great for this song. Let's bring them in. And, um, and people kind of have come and gone. Mindy Gledhill is somebody who started with us and then needed to focus on her career for a while and then came back for a while. And now she's busy with career again. And we just, we'll, these great talented people, you're not going to say no to them when they come, when they want to come <laughs> play with you. So, so this started off just as sort of a brainstorm of, hey, hey, there's all these different hymns and we could do them our own way. Yeah, I think the, and again, there is disputed. Ask anyone in the 20 person group and you'll get 20 answers. But in my opinion, since, since I have the mic, my opinion is one that matters today. <laughs> uh, I believe that we wanted to hear the hymns in a way and these songs in a way that we hadn't really heard them, at least in our cultural circle. You'll hear it a lot in Nashville and in the South. You can kind of hear that version of the songs, but we hadn't heard them in our circles. And we said, well, either we could wait for someone to do it or we can go do it. And it really, there was really no plans for it. It was just, let's go record these songs. No real intention of becoming a group necessarily or performers. And so it kind of, it's a tribute to, I think the musicians involved, but also to people that they just wanted, they wanted it too. And we lucked out. They wanted to hear these hymns in a way that we're doing them. Well, good. This is sort of a lead-in, and this is not a hymn. <laughs> no, it's far from a hymn, actually, in a lot of ways. We're taking our segues where we sure, get yeah, them. Yeah, no, so, that's good. Uh, Paul, if you want to head over, we're going to let you take your place, and uh, we're going to hear a song called Some Amazing Grace. I remember reading about the lower lights, just everybody sort of participating, and someone who I thought was really talented was just glad to be there singing in the choir and then got to sing a line, a line and I remember she wrote, really? Oh, I get to sing a line, 
And I just thought that was pretty cool that it was egoless enough. Uh, you can find a Christmas show down on Highway 89 by the Lower Lights back in 2012. You can hear that interview and the concert in our archives at byuradio.org slash highway89. Just look in the 2012 archives. So here we go with some amazing grace.
Some Amazing Grace. That's performed by singer-songwriter Paul Jacobson here on BYU's live music program, BYU Radio at Highway 89. I'm Stephen Cap Perry. Paul, everybody has this romantic idea of the traveling troubadour. And there are some kind of romantic things about it, getting to travel a little bit sure. and meeting new people and all of that. But it is just a mixture. Anybody who's traveled very much knows that that's actually not always the very glamorous sport. <laughs> that is a fact. So we want to take you way back oh to 2000. Well, only to 2009. We're not going to really tax you sure. here. But uh, Sarah Sample, who's been on our show, Ryan Tanner, and you go on a tour. It's winter. It's night. You're driving through Wyoming. And out there in that wide, empty expanse, you wrote about seeing the Leonid meteor shower. That is correct. And you wrote an amazing blog, which I think you forgot about. I had, until you told me about it, or your team told me about it earlier today, I had completely forgotten about it, which is sad. I, in my <laughs> That's defense, why we write things down, though. You in could... my defense, we had twins a year and a half ago, so my brain is mush. <laughs> but I had forgotten about it, and I'm, I will say, I do remember vividly thinking to, ourself, to myself, are we on an episode of the X-Files right now? And so, are we about to disappear? So driving at night, and you saw streaks? Or, or what did you see? In the-, the, the night was lit up in a very eerie but beautiful way. And normally what you'd say is, oh, there must be some city on the horizon just mm. over this hill. Or, you know, I don't know. But we were in the middle of nowhere in Wyoming, so there was no city to be seen. And there was just this kind of glow in the air. And yeah, I think there were streaks maybe. I, I can neither confirm nor deny that there was a UFO. Um, but it was, it was very eerie and we, we couldn't put our finger on what it was. And luckily, you know, in the internet age, you get to your hotel and you figure out that it's uh, a very unique Leonid. Is that what you said? That was, yeah. That's Is that how, what I called it? That's how I, that's how I called okay. it. But yeah, it was, yeah, it was one of those nights where the, we just thought, well, this is a, a special thing. I, it felt like in a movie. You know, there's like those movie scenes. I think there's a scene in Life of Pi or something where he's out there in the ocean and the dolphins are jumping and it's this magical thing. It kind of felt like one of those peaceful moments where you're like, why did, did we earn this? Because it was just mm, beautiful. Wow. Well, you have a song that we're going to be introducing and it it's uh it it references new york sure. so i have a couple of questions and this i hope will tie in with what we just talked about the first thing is you've been there and you've performed new mm-hmm. york city mm-hmm. i lived there for three years you did live there yes. okay okay so this is not just a, an imagined sort of no no it was uh new york is a very taxing city and this song was written and i had to cut you off so i'm sorry so but you can finish but the, basically the it's a very taxing city. And I remember riding the subway home and saying to myself, I could really use some Western skies tonight. Cause I've been living in between all these buildings that were blocking out the sun. And I hadn't seen a sunset in who knows how many days because of my work schedule. I just felt like I need some, I need some open space. Well, we were trying to decide you may or may not have some way that you describe your own musical aesthetic. Oh yeah. Okay. And, uh, but we could not help but feel that there was something of the West Oh yeah, in you. No, I, I think that's a very accurate description. I'm and I'm glad you said that because I do feel like, um, when I was living in New York, I enjoyed New York. I loved the food and I loved going to see every band that I ever wanted to see go through New York. If they only play one show in the U.S., they go there. So there was like a kid in a candy store for mm-hmm. me, but I couldn't help shaking the fact. I couldn't shake the fact the whole time that I felt like I'm a West Coast kid, and uh, I do think it's Western. I I don't know. 
It's not like country western, and it's not spaghetti western, <laughs> and it's not like shootout western. Uh, but there is a. I'm thinking of the music from the Magnificent exactly. Seven I right wish, now. <laughs> I wish I was Ennio Morricone. That would be the best. Uh, but I, 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 that's a really. I think that's a good observation. I think it's rooted in where I'm from, and um, hopefully, to me, the best authors do that. Like you hear Steinbeck, and you get Northern California, and you listen to uh, or you read light in August Faulkner and he's from the South and mm. you kind of get this sense of place and hopefully in some way I, I, I convey that. Well, let's hear this. Sure. Let's hear Western skies. This is Paul Jacobson. This is a song from his 2008 album, Paul Jacobson and the Madison arm. And it's called Western skies. In the sun, Everybody feels all right Everybody sees the light My skin melts to bone By the stars Everybody knows the night And everybody sleeps so tight Sandman's throwing stones Some western skies tonight to help me feel alright, not so alone in New York. Everyone's a burning sun, the only one who gets things done. I'm stuck underground. And I I could use some western skies tonight To help me feel alright, not so alone And I, well I know all about the western skies And how they'll burn your eyes just with the dawn It's a case of grass is greener Pennies drowned by fountain dreamers Just some ways to discontent Someday you're gonna wake up Wonder where your good times Western skies tonight to help me feel alright, not so alone. And I, well, I know all about the western skies and how they'll burn your eyes just with the time, just with the earth.
from the BYU Radio Studios, Paul Jacobson performing his song, Western Skies. This is Highway 89. And if you've been listening, I, you may not be able to tell, but Paul's been picking up a different guitar. We've, we've had, we're three for three now mm-hmm. in the songs we've heard. Different tunings, and uh, I think that just sort of shows that you're not afraid to go somewhere different. Would no, you? that's a good. That's actually a good comment too. Your your various your, your observations are good. Your questions are better than most. So, um, props to you. We're going for the gold star. No, here, it's so. great. I, I get so many awful questions. Like anyway, I don't even want to start. I don't want to put anyone thrown in the bus. But bad questions. Um, like what's your name? And it's like, well, you could do a little homework. <laughs> Paul Jacobson's my name. Uh, but yeah, uh, songwriters are just we're desperate for ideas. I think, and and we're so hungry for them. So to me there's a few things that can get me a new song. And a couple of those is a new guitar, which I can't afford most of the time. So I need to borrow, like today I'm borrowing one of my friend's guitars. And if I have a new guitar, something about the way it plays and its tones will bring out something. And for me, tunings, because what, what tunings does do, what tunings does, what tunings do is they make your brain forget what it's learned. So all the comfortable places you go with your chord shapes yeah. in your hands. Automatic fingerings. Yeah, so you have to say, well, what can I do with this this new map, this new landscape? And so um, to me, maybe it's cheating, but I also love it. It makes it sound a little different than every other song because there's some different notes that ring out differently and uh, some droney things. And so it just the voicings to me are richer and that inspires me. Okay, inspiration. I'm going to run with that one for a minute sure. for our follow-up, Kate. Neil Young. Oh, yeah. Happy birthday to Neil today. Did you know that? The very day we recorded, it it's, was meant to be. It is. We wish we could take credit for that much yeah. planning, but we, we couldn't arrange his I birthday. Think, on I think that. Neil is 70 today. So, wow. Yeah. And still playing. And still still playing. singing. I still saw him writing, last month. Still frustrating some people. Oh, and, lots of people, including and, his band. <laughs> or all the bands he's in. So, we one of the places we learned the most about you was reading what I'd have to call an essay about Neil Young. So this would seem to be Paul Jacobson just talking about Neil Young and what's cool about Neil. But I think we learned a lot about you because of, because of the, the stuff you thought was cool about him and the concerts you've gone to, the things like the, that you liked that uh, he, he made Niels Lofgren put down his guitar and play the piano, yeah. which he didn't really play, yeah. and then told him it was a practice, and that's the, the take they kept because they wanted it raw. Yeah. No, he, um, interesting, I, I actually got to see last month Nils Lofgren play with Neil that song, and it was amazing. <laughs> last month, he, they kind of got back together, but I love that about Neil Young, and I wish I had more of that in me, which is this sort of renegade, um, not, even, not even like acceptance of chaos, but embrace of chaos. Like, mm. he loves to throw people into situations that they wouldn't expect and see what happens. Cause yeah, this hotshot 17 year old Nils Lofgren, like LA's next big guitar player walks in with his, probably his Fender Strat. And he's like, yeah, man, I'm ready to rock this. And he was like, you can put that down and go over to the piano. And, <laughs> and the great part is that piano part is very, very iconic. If you listen to it on the record, it's just like, it drives the song. So I think it's Neil's faith in people's musicality, as opposed to like the provincialness of, well, you're a guitar player or you're this. He's like, well, you're a musician, so go play that piano. I'm sure you can figure something out. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, this was 1,300 words that we really liked. <laughs> Where did you find it? I, I can't even remember writing it. Was it, on, was it on MySpace, maybe? Yeah, it was a Facebook post. Uh, oh, it was? Wow. I was going to say we get all our stuff from the NSA, but that's not true. I, so, I do love to listen to myself uh, write. You so. put it up for Neil Young's birthday previously. So, oh so if you want to look for, for, for that on, on Facebook, you'll find it. I will go look for it. I don't even remember writing it. <clears throat> So you talk about going to Neil's annual bridge school benefit that mm -hmm. you look forward to that. What is that? Every year, uh, Neil Young, he had a son that was born with severe um, handicaps. I don't, I don't there's, there's a better word for it, but severe disabilities. Mm -hmm. um, and he felt like his, there was not an adequate place for his kid to learn. And that mm -hmm. he also felt like these children were being marginalized because they didn't communicate and couldn't communicate in traditional ways. So they started this school to try and help these kids get out the intelligence that they had inside them but were challenged by physical and mental impairments. And so they started this awesome school and they used a lot of the technology that like Stephen Hawking uses which will read your retina and help you to communicate with somebody through a computer. Mm. And it's amazing the way that it has unlocked these kids' lives to the point where there's this one girl there, her name's Maricor, and she's been going ever since I've been going to these concerts she is a Berkeley graduate. She graduated from Berkeley, and she is now doing postgraduate work, I think at Stanford or something. But it's amazing. They have all these kids in their, in their you know, very heavy-duty chairs on the back of the stage, and there's this acoustic concert that happens in front of them. The rule is all acoustic all the time. He does it every fall, two nights. And I've seen just, I mean, the first year I went, the first year I went, I had to like beg my friends, and finally my friend Billy was like, I'll go with you. So we drive across the Salt Flats and we get to San Francisco. And the first show was like The Who, Sheryl Crow, Neil Young, Green Day, Pearl Jam, Smashing Pumpkins. Like it was just like this crazy, uh, Brian Wilson, this uh, Tom Waits, this crazy assault of just like all these bands. You're like, oh my gosh. And I, I turned to him on the way home, like, we're doing this every year. And so every year, since 1999, in the fall, I've gone to see Neil Young's Bridge School Benefit concert, with the exception of one year. And my wife was so miserable watching me watch the webcast because I was just like so crestfallen <laughs> of not being there that she literally said, you're going every year. Even if I'm not going, you're going. So I've seen Neil Young uh, every year since 1999, with the exception of one. Okay. So I understand you even have some Neil Young lyrics <clears throat> etched into your wedding ring. I do. From Harvest Moon. So I do. Can you share those with us uh there's a great there's a great line in that song that i've always loved and i um like a lot of college students you're right you're waiting for the right girl to pin it on and i would like pin it on a girl and then it wouldn't stick and like, okay well i'm gonna have that back i'm gonna take that <laughs> line back but it says um the line is the line that it's not on there the setup line is when we were strangers i watched you from afar and then when we were lovers, I loved you with all my heart. And she, my wife, inscribed, when we were lovers, I loved you with all my heart on the inside of my wedding ring. Which oh, is, very cool. And I've been wanting that to mean something to a girl for a long time. And finally, it meant something to her. And the fact that she put it on the inside of my wedding ring was, meant something. Went, that's went that's great. Yeah. Well, let's have you introduce this next song. This is You're the Song. Yes. That's actually good. You had, that's a really good segue. This is actually one of the few um, love songs I've written. Uh, or few, I guess, pure love songs I've written. My friend Dominic likes to say uh, that I write complicated love songs, and this song has a bit of that in it, which is it's laced with some insecurity of like, uh, am I worth being loved? Um, but this is a song I actually wrote for my wife. Wonderful. Good, good. 
This is Paul Jacobson, and he's singing You're the Song.
Paul Jacobson singing You're the Song. And uh, I, I think that's a much more artistic way than saying You're My Earworm, the song that I can't keep out of my mind. So Paul has two previous albums. The very first one, talk about your complicated love songs. It was titled You Might Regret You Ever Cared. <laughs> and then at the second album, Paul Jacobson and the Madison Arm, that's Paul with his band. And then he is working on a new album. And so a bunch of new songs. We're hearing some new ones tonight, including this next one, I guess, until an album's final, who knows, but it, this may end up on that. The Same Night's Waiting for Us All. Whether you are a hand-me-down A bad joke that's been passed around filthy pig or a sacred cow, a thunderbolt or a thundercloud, whether you go flat broke, or down in flames or up in smoke, high-stepping or on tiptoes, a kingpin or a cockroach, who's gonna visit your headstone? You might leave a question mark Some ellipses, some tarot cards A church full of crying folks Or just a cold corpse nobody knows You might leave without a word Arms raised each with a bird You can leave with clenched fists Or sorry blood streaming out your wrists You'll probably leave a family Maybe they loved you for who you tried to be Or dreaded every time you came home Stuck you in a bed and left you alone Who's gonna visit your headstone? You can kill the But days are born to fall And the same nights waiting for us all A soldier through a sniper's scope Killer at the hard knot of a rope A proud man spitting on the slippery slope The same nights are waiting A baby in a mother's arms An inmate in the prison yard All the cargoes on the boulevard The same nights waiting for
Same Nights Waiting for Us All, performed just now by the very person who wrote it, Paul Jacobson here today, singer-songwriter active in the Provo music scene. This is Highway 89 on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. I'm Stephen Cap Perry. We mentioned in the intro, Paul, that uh, you almost moved to Nashville. Facts. As, as sort of an interesting, I mean, how do you almost move somewhere? Well, a bunch of years ago, uh, Ryan Tanner, who we talked about in the um, alien abduction part of the program. <laughs> Every program should have that part. Exactly, they should. <laughs> Every, a little more, a little science fiction, never hurt anybody. Um, and we, we were invited by Sarah Sample, who we also talked about in the alien abduction section, uh, to go to Nashville for this festival. And we went there, and the minute we stepped in there, we, we were just fell in love with it. And the one thing we felt like was the... Um, or I felt like I should say, I shouldn't speak for Ryan, but, but I, we felt like culturally you never aged out of music. Like it was a lifestyle choice. Like mm. you, people there, Guy Clark is, I don't know how old, 60 something. And no one's like, maybe time to hang it up. Like you may, you've been doing it a while guy. I mean, maybe it's time to call it a day and grow up and get a real job. Um, but music is so culturally embedded in every day it doesn't matter what you do people just keep playing music and that felt so liberating to us uh, and it felt we felt closer to people that would care about what we were doing so ryan actually ended up moving there for about two or three years uh and i went there every few months and i would do job interviews and i even got a job offer at one point but we were about to have twins and they wanted me to take like a 30 percent pay cut and i am a sellout and therefore i wouldn't do it um <laughs> So, but yeah, we were very close to moving to Nashville. It just felt like a good fit culturally to um, keep playing music. But if, if I look at my life now, like you talked about the Lower Lights and so many other my other friends, I actually have a very rich musical life here that I wouldn't. Well, trade. I want to talk about a cultural thing you have helped invent in Provo that happens every. Uh, there's a whole series every year. It's the rooftop concerts. They really did begin on a rooftop of a parking garage did. in downtown Provo. So uh, you spearhead this. These, these are exciting. Well, what you've spearheaded, yeah, I, I think, say. has been the tribute concert. Yeah, so let's not give me more credit. Sarah Wiley and Justin Hackworth and uh, Courtney Kendrick yep. spearhead the real thing. They give me a month, and I get, <laughs> I get one show that I just do the music for, and they still handle all the um, terrible and awesome logistics. But you've done Woodstock. Yeah. Uh, Night of Tom Petty, The Rolling Stones, uh, the last one, and I saw some great video from this. We'll, uh, we all shine on. Yeah. Uh, songs of John Lennon. Sure. And the first year we actually did Abbey Road, the Beatles album, start to finish, which was really rewarding because the Beatles never did it. They were done touring long before that, and half those songs were just spliced together in the studio uh, with studio magic, and we actually had to perform them live, and that was a real feat. <laughs> So I, I think what you've done is you're, you're sort of creating maybe the very feeling that you found in Nashville of the let's keep this going. Yeah. And I love that idea of you don't age out of music because if you can still play, if you can yeah. still write, it's still there. One, it's so invigorating because uh, 
I kind of have this core band I use because I trust them. I, they've been through the ringer with me, and I know that they'll put in the time to make it as good as it needs to be. But we also have this rotating cast of kind of these new young singers that are kind of really active in the scene. And that's so exciting for me to, to I mean, this year we had 18 or 20 different singers because we had, you know, a song, a singer per song. And to hear these people get up there and be great is to me is so rewarding. Well, and you brought back people like Fictionist and mm -hmm. Neon Trees, yeah. Moth in the Flame, people who have kind of got their start here and mm -hmm. have had it. And I think it's cool that they understand enough that they want to come back. And even if they're one song of that or a couple sure. songs of that. No, and I'm, I, I really am honored that uh, people that have kind of gone out and done their thing still feel like it's a it's a good thing to be part of the show that I put together because, I mean, they really do make a huge difference in that show. We're going to try and squeeze in a couple more songs. So uh, we're going to start with one called Muslin Dress. This is like the, the, the old cloth muslin with an N at the end. And I think it's interesting that that first rooftop concert Paul talked about was, uh, was the Beatles' Abbey Road because the Beatles' last public performance was a rooftop concert on the roof of Apple headquarters in London, a 42-minute set where they played at nine takes of five different songs before the police arrived in and told them to cease and desist. <laughs> Here is Muslin Dress. Tear out the windows I can't breathe Were the first words you heard Marie Therese In the next room Where you were born You can still see where the axes raked the floor Now those same walls are crowding in Don't be scared of the shouting since we've got no sins to confess. Just a true, true love and a muslin dress. Don't give the dog the time of day but be polite and be on your way do your hair and let them hiss there'll be better and worse days than this tonight we might lose everything they might try to take you away from me Now you can get by without all the rest With a true, true love and a muslin dress
Who love you at your worst before your best Find a true, true love in a muslin dress Oh, find a true, true love in a muslin dress Now find a true, true love in a muslin dress muslin dress. We're listening to singer-songwriter Paul Jacobson. <clears throat> Excuse me. We're going to do our best to squeeze one more song in here because we've got just enough time. Get it? That's the title of our next song. But <clears throat> something that I loved was looking back at a, a comment that Paul made from a past tour. He, he said there was one evening he'd performed and everybody else on stage was doing great, really connecting with the audience, and he just wasn't sure he was connecting. But he said afterwards, two guys and a girl from a town an hour away had driven to see them, loved the set, which he said made their day. And also this one really old guy who collected Gibson guitars, had about 17 of them, came up and said he liked it too. And uh, I, I loved him saying, uh, if it's good enough for an old-timey Gibson collector and a few high school seniors, it's good enough for me. And this is all music, I think, about connection. So let's hear... Paul Jacobson with our last song from this uh, edition of Highway 89. It's called Time. And when the night comes 
Howling at a red light moves Well, time will let you see All the tragedies in your heart But time won't let you see Your fine tapestry will fall apart Time performed live just now in studio, bringing us to the end of this set with singer-songwriter Paul Jacobson. For more information about his latest projects, the new album, and information about concerts with his band, The Madison Arm, it's all online at pauljacobson.com. That's S-E-N. Paul, thank you for performing tonight. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was a blast. If you're listening at home or you just caught part of our show, you want to hear the first part, hear it again, or share it, and who wouldn't? That's easy enough to do. All our shows are archived online for free on-demand listening at byuradio.org slash highway89. Also, follow us on Twitter at BYUH89 for live show updates and special behind-the-scenes photos and video clips. Highway 89 is a production of BYU Broadcasting in Provo, Utah. Our recording engineer is Mark Waite, our assistant is Abby Horlocker, and the show's producer is Jackie Tateishi. I'm Stephen Cap Perry. Thanks for listening. Thank you.